after that conversation, it was about an hour and 50 minute long conversation. I'm not saying I'm an expert at Bitcoin, but the key takeaways were, I understand why. From Rocks Exploration, our family owned small business, this is Rocks Energy, a show about the oil and gas industry as we live it and breathe it each day. I'm Adam Oxen. Let's get on with the show. JP, welcome to the show. For those who don't know, JP is the host of the Energy Crew podcast. That's Energy Crew, C-R-U-E, and the owner of Connection Crew, which is an oil and gas operator-focused networking group that facilitates networking events in intimate settings. No sales pitches, just pure relationship building. Did I nail that? I think you know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, JP, you're doing all this stuff around relationship building, and oddly enough, you're doing a lot of it online in LinkedIn. So let's there. So let's and, have, you know what? Let's 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 get a good framework on how you and I know each other from the yeah. LinkedIn. Why don't you go ahead and kick it off? Yeah. So I'm I'm running into uh, what was it, Pete's at the Houston airport. Yes. I see this long-haired man bun guy over there. I'm like, that guy looks familiar. What a why do I know that guy? Ah, LinkedIn. That's it. So said hello, and that's how we connected. You know what's funny though? It's like before this whole pandemic thing happened, like my networks were pretty much kind of like who I hung out with, who I met at through work, through functions, all that stuff. But my network from you know utilizing LinkedIn over the uh, over the pandemic and all that stuff, I kind of feel like my network's so much more stronger, even with people I haven't even met yet. Just because I see their activity online, I kind of see what they're getting into, kind of who they are. So, I mean, the ability for like, the fact that my network isn't, you know, that stagnant net network that it previously was, is kind of a, uh, you're able to kind of, you know, get in front of so many people, different, you know, faces on right. it. So it's kind of helped me expand my network, you know, tenfold. So yeah, that was, that was pretty funny. You kind of like me just sitting there kind of typing away, you coming up, you're like, how common is that? Is that like the first time that's happened? Is that like the a thousandth time that's happened? It's it's, it's happened before. It's happened before. I, yeah. think, I think it's like uh, I think it's the hair. You know what I mean? I think it's the <laughs> hair. I think it's kind of the uh, the, the calling uh, card. I think so. I think that's it. That and the blazers. I usually uh, rock blazers. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's the way to stand out. So, how much did you think about that? I mean, did you like when you were standing up Connection Crew? Like, how much did you think about? You know, a lot of people are talking about the creator economy, this new creator economy. Were you thinking about that? No. And leveraging technology? No, I wasn't. No. So, so it's kind of it's kind of interesting how this how Connection Crew all. Uh, I mean, first off, I'm 41 years old. I never thought I'd be an entrepreneur at 41. I kind of feel like I've always kind of valued the safety of you know collecting a paycheck and kind of you know it, it, it was a nice safety net, you know, if you will. But. uh Kind of during the pandemic, you know, I kind of noticed that there was a, uh, if I have glitter on me, I apologize. I was taking down the Christmas decorations, you know, a month late yesterday. So you got to do what you got to do. It looks like, you know, I was at a strip club, but it's not. It was the tree, <laughs> it was the tree shaking its limbs on me. But uh, it was kind of one of those things It kind of, it was in the summer, you know, I left my previous uh, role and, uh, you know, I really enjoyed kind of, you know, uh, promoting brands, talking to people, getting people together. And, and originally started off as just kind of like a content creation and kind of like brand promotion. You know, I don't really have any skills when it comes to like creating cool graphics or anything like that. It's kind of like, I thought it'd be more like a grassroots, you know, brand promotion side of things. So, you know, I started doing that, but then I started thinking, okay, well, what are my strengths? You know, what do I feel like I'm good at, that, that, that I'm strong at? And it's usually kind of, you know, bringing 
people together. Oh, you need to meet this person. Or like, yeah, I'm friends with them. I think y'all should meet. Kind of like setting up my friends, which is kind of cool, but it's not because I get real big FOMO and real jealous when friends hang out without me that I introduce. But uh, yeah, yeah. You let that go. Yeah, let that go. But no, I think the uh, the connection crew was kind of you know outsource business development, uh, facilitating these you know unique, intimate, boutique networking events. And I was sitting there talking to one of my friends, and we decided you know discuss this. And he's like, why don't you start kind of a networking group? And that's kind of where Crew Club started. Again, it's C-R-U-E, a club like Montley Crew. And that was the goal of uh, focus on operators uh, networks and kind of uh, helping operators network amongst each other with, you know, service business providers. And I, that's all field service companies, value service business providers, just because uh, I dig that term because we're more partners than anything. So. Yeah, no, very cool. That's really neat to see you talking about taking this kind of entrepreneurial journey. Like it, it's more of like it found you or you were forced into it or a little bit of both. Yeah. So let's talk about, let's talk about like, what's your mindset coming into that? Like you've talked kind of about your well, journey to this point, but like what, well, <laughs> yeah, well, jump in. Let's say the mindset. So there's a little more about, so during the, you know, during the pandemic, you know, obviously our industry saw a lot of companies get wrapped up, get acquired, and often, you know, you know, a lot of good customers, I call them customers, friends that are customers, you know, they were like, they call, hey, do you know one, anyone at, you know, company XYZ? And I'm thinking, yeah, but how do you not, you know, like, how do you not know someone over there? You're the same age, you operate the same acreage, you got kids kind of the same age, like, but I understand why the operator networks are so weak because, you know, obviously as an operator, um, especially in our market that's been kind of squeezed since 2015, whenever operators go out uh, to an industry event, I mean, it's always transactional relationships. I mean, hey, when you picking up that rig, hey, when you getting that, you know, frack, frack spray and all that, I understand why operators weren't going out and expanding their network just because it wasn't a place for them to enjoy networking. It was more like, you know, they were hounded. I, I always, use, always use the term that they're, you know, they were chumming the waters when they go out to uh, to industry events. So I wanted to create a safe space, if you will. And yes, it's 2022. I'll use that term uh, for operators to kind of get together. And it benefits everyone in the room. It benefits, you know, the service business uh, providers who are, you know, sponsoring the events. They get to kind of network with each other, network with the operators. It benefits the operators because they kind of get to, uh, you know, kind of not only, you know, either trade best practices or if anything, they just kind of get to make a connection with other operators because, Man, at the end of the day, I mean, you and I both know, I mean, people have woken up and checked the checked the news. It's like, oh, okay, my company just got acquired. Now what? So right. it was kind of an opportunity. I mean, you know, we always talk about networking in our industry and uh, relationships in our industry. But this was more of a, okay, well, let's, let's do something about it. Let's do something different. Let's do something impactful and valuable for everyone in the room, not just throw a car down and call it a happy hour. Yeah. No, that's great. I love that. So JP, what's it been like though, switching from like, collecting a paycheck to being an owner, like you're setting your goals, you're setting your schedule, you're, you've got to show up first thing in the morning. What's that like? What's that dynamic been like? And also like, you know, I, I read one of your posts, you were talking about mindset of like focus on creating and adding value rather than operating out of like keeping up with the Joneses or like operating out of fear. How's that been for your personal mindset? So starting this, you know, I guess, you know, my wife calls me like a visionary or a dreamer or something like that. But, you know, starting this off, I mean, it was like, oh, yeah, like it's just going to come together. Right. You know, I got something everyone wants, you know, but then it's kind of gotten hit a real big old 
moment. You know, I started looking at, you know, my bank account, my finances, you know, I didn't have enough in my account to kind of handle the burn rate of you know what I have to do for the house, whether it's mortgage, uh, groceries, child support or anything like that. So I started kind of like I, I shifted from that visionary uh, mode where it's like, OK, well, I'm going to get out there and do this to kind of like, uh, oh, shit, I need to I, I need to make money. I need to, you know, provide for my family. So when that started happening, when I shifted my vision from creation or, or creating this thing to kind of like a wanting of money, I started getting more stressed. I started detaching from, you know, myself, from my family, from my wife, uh, my relationship there. And uh, I couldn't sleep. You know, I was going to bed at, you know, 11 o'clock at night, waking up at, you know, three o'clock in the morning. I just could not sleep. You know, I was stressed yeah. out. You know, then that started happening. You know, then you start, you know, buying these, you know, a pen for your for your company. And that goes against your grocery bills or your so I it got a lot of it, a lot of self-doubt started to build, a lot of anxiety started to build. A lot of hey JP, are you sure you want to do this? Uh it's not working out as you you know, as you planned. Uh, are those questions internal questions or those oh, outside dude. questions also or both? Were you getting oh. it from like family and friends or? Oh, dude, I mean, honestly, the, the support from, you know, the industry, support from, you know, my uh, family, support from my friends was there. But the fact was, it was all internal. I mean, you know, a lot of people, you know, they wake up, you know, the whole keeping up with the Joneses thing. You know, we, we, we live where, you know, you can kind of check on anyone by, you know, scrolling through Instagram, scrolling through LinkedIn or scrolling right. through anything. And if anything, that caused more anxiety. So, man, it was it was just one of those situations where I realized I had to do something because the more I decided to chase money, the further it would get away from me. The more I was stressed about it, and the more I lost focus on the, the real reason I got into business for myself. And the whole reason I got into business for myself is to kind of make our role feel a little bit smaller, is to connect people. And that's kind of, you know, to kind of like make our industry a little bit smaller and kind of because at the end of the day, we all need support, whether that's support from our current networks or maybe that's like an introduction somewhere. So I started kind of getting away from the whole creation mindset to the to the to the fear mindset. And that really messed me up. So I, I realized that something had to change uh, mentally. And so kind of what I started doing, I started kind of waking up early, not looking at my phone, not checking, mm -hmm. you know, the because, you know, whether you're whether you realize it or not, when you're going through Instagram, or you're going through any social media platform, you are comparing yourself or your status in life to other people. So I wouldn't do that for about an hour and a half, two hours in the morning. I'd get up, I'd go downstairs, have a nice cup of coffee. I would sit there and I would put on my ear pods and I would meditate. I'd start off as kind of like gratitude meditation. Like, you know, like at the end of the day, like. Hey, it's Adam here. I wanted to tell you more about Rocks Exploration. At Rocks, we drill, complete, and operate oil and gas wells right here in Oklahoma. What does that mean? That means we make money through the drill bit by drilling for and producing oil and gas. But we also make money for our working interest partners. What's a working interest partner? That's an individual or small business that invests in an oil and gas well. It's not unlike a real estate investment. You see, drilling a well is extremely costly from geology to land to legal to drilling and completion and production. It takes a lot of time, resources, and people. Rocks takes care of all of that, and our working interest partners align with us to take advantage of our expertise and experience. Each drilling project brings together tax write-offs and potentially high ROIs. So if you're interested in learning more about Rocks Exploration and our drilling projects, head to rocks.energy. That's www.rox.energy to find out more. Yeah, my bank account was running thin and I needed to generate revenue, but at the end of the day, 
I had a wonderful wife. I had an amazing daughter. I have awesome friends in the industry. I have enough money in the bank account. If I want to go to HEB, I can go to HEB. So, yeah. and worse comes worse, I can, I'll try to find a job elsewhere. So it was one of those right. things where it's like, okay, well, drown out those voices that were telling me, hey, you can't do this. It's too challenging. You're not going to be able to do this. Oh, you should have planned better before you started this. And it kind of helped to drown that out and kind of like, hey, look, you're in this situation for a reason. You placed a bet on yourself about three weeks ago. Nothing's changed besides your mindset. So it kind of, you know, going through these, you know, the meditation process, not, and I, and I still do that. I start, you know, I find out when I start slipping away from the, the creation, creative process and start getting that fear because it does happen. I mean, it's, it's, sure. I don't know, obviously, it's I don't inevitable. Know. It's, it's yeah. human nature. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I don't have everything figured out at all. Trust me. But uh, but once I started kind of shifting away from the fear-based, money-driven mindset and kind of went back to the original creation and value-adding mindset, things just started happening. You know, um, don't get me wrong. It's still hard work. It's hurting cats pretty much. It's also you're, you're communicating to people the value of something that not a lot of people see value in it unless they need it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So it, once I once once I started kind of like focus on myself, focus on gratitude, visualization, what kind of where the direction I wanted to go, what that felt like, it kind of detached me from you know that you know those constant questions, those those constant the noise, the internal roadblocks that I was constantly met with of oh you should plan before you execute or you need to plan more before you execute. No, just just right. do it. If you build it, they will come. So. Getting the right mindset, I don't care if you're an entrepreneur, I don't care if you're starting off in a new job, I don't care if you're in a job that just seems mundane and all that stuff and like just kind of like having the right mindset. And I'm not saying you're going to be cheery all the time and kind of like good vibes only, which is I don't agree with or anything like that, right? because it's not only good vibes. You have to identify the negative vibes and understand what's behind that. Yeah. It's feeling. So anyway, so it's just kind of a process. And I still do it to this day. I still try to do it to this day. That's good, man. No, I love that. I think that's great. I think it's great to think about how you start your day and get a, you know, centering, uh, whether that's like you said, meditation or reading or prayer, whatever that might be for someone or, and then just getting a, like a, this is, this is how my day starts. This is how my week goes. Like that's huge. And I'm, I'm the same way. Like when you're more intentional like that, man, it's, it's way better. So do you have a morning about, routine? do what? Do you have a morning routine? When I hit it? Yes. It's really yeah. good. No, it's I try and practice, I, yeah, I try and start the morning doing like uh starting with a glass of water, do a light workout, do a little bit of reading and prayer and then I try and knock out some things before the kids get up and then coffee with my wife. And man, the days that like I hit those, it's like high energy. It's like, man, I'm already achieving. And the days you miss that, you're like, Something's you know, off. what's off? What's not yeah, going on here? Off. So yeah, I, no, I'm totally with you on that. So I love that you're talking about the ups and downs of life and all that. But we must talk about the ups and downs of Bitcoin. I know you recently, <laughs> you like that transition? I, I know. It's, it's not an only gas podcast in 2022 unless Bitcoin's brought Without, up. Yeah, no, at that uh, that IPA Capital Conference I was at, like the last, the first panel of the day, the last thing uh, Chuck Yates said was, if you're an operator and you're not mining Bitcoin, you need to find out what the heck that is and why aren't you doing it? So I know you recently had a David Little on your podcast and you guys went over kind of some, and this might, you know, this is, I think, like you said, it's 2022. This is on a lot of people's minds. What is Bitcoin? 
what does it mean Bitcoin fixes this? What's that referring to you? I know you guys kind of covered some basics and you had a long conversation, but what are some of your takeaways from that conversation uh, well, that you had with David Little? Before I had the conference, first off, kudos to David Little. Him and his buddy, you know, Andrew Abbott, they have some of the sharpest minds that I've ever you know, spoke or I've spoken, heard, listened to. I just kind of, over, I had him at a couple of crew club events and I kind of overheard him speaking to people about Bitcoin. And I really enjoyed how he was speaking about it. Because a lot of times when you, people talk about Bitcoin, it's like, oh, I know this. Like, oh, Bitcoin fix does this. You don't know that? Like, it's, it's kind of like a uh, little bit of condescension is what you're saying. Yeah. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm not going to say kind of a little cultish. Well, no. The way David uh, described it, it was very educational. He was very enthusiastic about the subject and all that stuff. And I said, look, I've never heard anyone discuss Bitcoin with so much kind of understanding. I mean, the, the layers and the surfaces he was hitting, I was like, let's do a podcast. And I literally, yes, I knew what Bitcoin was, but I didn't know what Bitcoin was at all. Um, mm -hmm. So like, I'm going to ask you a bunch of stupid questions. But these are stupid questions that I have. So I really don't care. So let's, let's shed the ego and I'm, I'm going to just fire away. So after that conversation, it was about an hour and, a, hour and 50 minute long uh, conversation. I'm not saying I'm an expert at Bitcoin, but the key takeaways were I understand why people are betting on Bitcoin. I understand, you know, due to whether it's inflate. Look, you know, a lot of times you see Bitcoin but people, you know, buying the dip, flipping this and all that stuff. He described it as... You don't you don't want to play it like the stock market. This is not really a stock market investment where you want to sell every day or buy when it's low or sell as high. I mean, right. this is a long-term investment. There's a limited yeah. amount in the algorithm of Bitcoin. Obviously, I may be wrong when I'm describing this, but I'm kind of getting the gist. There's a limited amount of Bitcoin. And it's kind of like real estate. It's so new. It's a kind of a new concept. I mean, there's so many new concepts kind of coming out in our world, say so whether it's Bitcoin, crypto, NFTs, all this stuff. So yeah. how he described it was that there's a limited quantity. Of, you're not buying high enough, so low. you're really just kind of investing, kind of waiting. You're playing the long game. You have, you know, El Salvador, which, you know, approved Bitcoin. You got China kicking it out because I guess it stands for freedom or whatever that. Arizona, I just saw today, uh, is recognizing Bitcoin as a legal... Uh, yeah, they've got a bill out where they're trying to do that. Yeah. Have, yeah, you, uh, so, have you come across any of like Parker Lewis's stuff on Bitcoin? Yeah. So Parker Lewis was really helpful for me. You know, he talks about, like you said, the scarcity, the only 21 million, which a question that's come up a lot in the conversations I've had with people is, well, what happens when all the Bitcoins are mined? What, what happens when you get to that 21 million? And they're like, you know, there's already like 18 and a half million. So it's pretty close. And I'm like, yeah, but I think... Like the estimate is something like year 2140 before the last one's mined. Yeah. Um, so that gets crazy, but scarcity and then, you know, transferability, you know, you got gold as a store of wealth, but gold is, you know, limited to space and time and how much of it you can store in a place or carry on your back or in a cart or in your car. Whereas Bitcoin, you know, you can do that instantly. So that's cool that uh, you need to check out Parker Lewis. Uh, he's really interesting. He's at Unchained Capital and does a lot of interesting stuff talking about Bitcoin. And the thing is, though, obviously, look, when it comes to something new, well, it's not really new, but it's kind of new in a lot of people's radar. My main concern with Bitcoin is like, okay, I don't trust the government. What happens when the government comes in and decides to stick its you know fat fingers in here and, and messes things up? And sure enough, it's you're kind of seeing that uh, happening right now uh, with, with stuff that's coming out. And also another thing was, you know, can you hack Bitcoin? 
that's something I have no idea about. I mean, people yeah. say you can't because it's on this blockchain and all these owners and all this stuff. But if somebody made the comment, they're like, hey, there's supercomputers coming out with all these processing generations and all that stuff. And then, you know, it could possibly. But I mean, there's risk in everything. But I think I think in order to uh, whether it's whether it's buying it or what, I'm not saying buy into Bitcoin. I'm not saying do anything like that. I'm saying it's, it's good to understand kind of the, the topics and subjects that are so forefront, not just in our industry, but on a, on a global scale. Right. No, I totally agree with you on that. So that's cool that you guys had that conversation. You're helping move that along, helping people get kind of an understanding generally, but also, I mean, oil and gas, it's, uh, you know, got a big potential there. So JP, I just want to say thanks for doing this, man. This has been awesome and a great conversation. Where do uh, where can we send people? Where do people go to find more JP Warren? Well, you can go to uh, my uh, my website www.connectioncrew and that's Mont, like Motley Crew C R U E dot com. You can find me on LinkedIn, uh, JP Warren, and I think my I think my profile pic is my uh, my podcast logo. So you'll be able to find that pretty quick. And then I put put a lot of stuff on my Instagram on energy underscore crew. That's kind of start off just the podcast, but now it's just kind of like my daily interactions in the oil and gas industry. But uh, yeah, I mean, check that out. Uh, if you have any questions, reach out to me. You want to find out more about a connection crew. And again, that's just literally to, uh, I guess the big theme of kind of what I've been about uh, over the past, you know, year and a half or two years is just kind of a humanizing our industry. You know, is that's kind of the, the whole goal of Energy Crew is to get these people in these positions and get to know the person behind the position. I think our industry kind of has this suit of armor that, you know, we are, you know, we have this huge white ivory tower, these faceless, you know, engineers, you know, drilling wells or these, you know. So I'm just trying to bring kind of like the human side of our industry. And also, you know, that way to make connections, but also, oh, also you can check out my uh, YouTube channel, Crew Tube. Everything's crew. Everything's crew tube. That's, yeah. why a lot of, uh, that's where I'll sit down. Actually, I think you're going to be a guest on Breakfast Rugs where I'll sit down with operators and kind of discuss that. But also the main thing that I want to do is just kind of increase the relationships in our industry. I mean, there's so much transactional conversations going on. And I understand what the pressures are behind that. But at the end of the day, relationships and your connections and networking should not be transactionally based. So that's kind of been the goal. So yeah, I guess, I guess, you know, to wrap it all up, I guess, I guess my main goals have been to kind of, you know, humanize our industry a little bit, kind of uh, be an industry advocate for the oil and gas industry, but also to increase the relationships and the networks inside of our industry, because, you know, I've seen great people let go and who can't find a job in our industry and had to move out of our industry because they have a network. Mm-hmm. And I've seen people that really, that I don't view as being that good at their, uh, roles, finding jobs pretty quick because of their uh, network. So it's really just kind of like connecting people again, making people feel comfortable, expanding their current or getting out of their current bubble and making some new bubbles. So, yeah, man. I think that's great. Thanks so much for doing this. Well, what started me on real quick? I have a question. Oh, yeah, yeah. What started this itch to do a podcast on your end? Yeah, no, I think it's the same thing. Like you said, like that human connection and the way our, our industry you know, when I've talked to friends that maybe aren't as familiar with the oil and gas industry, they think of like majors or public companies or like these these big buildings downtown and and they don't connect that with like a small family operator like us that's a handful of oxens in an office together, you know, drilling and operating oil and gas wells in Oklahoma. So that's part of our our goal is just to, you know, create content to make connections with people and let them kind of get a little bit of an inside look at what we do. And as, 
as a business and as a family and with the, the the connections we make in the in the in the industry. So that's why I think it's cool what you're doing. JP. Well, real quick, real quick, let me applaud you and kind of what you're doing. There's not a lot of people on the operator side that have started a podcast that do want to discuss kind of what they're doing and kind of their role where it fits in our industry. So hats off to you for taking that uh thanks man and not yeah. you know, sitting behind uh, your desk and not being vocal. So congrats to you. Appreciate it, man. And thanks so much for doing this. Appreciate you being on the show. Absolutely, brother. And, all, and I guess, uh, man, I was looking forward to seeing you tomorrow, but we got that weather coming in. It's going to be after we push, buddy. I know, but uh, we'll, we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. We'll get together for uh, Crew Club and then looking forward to being on Breakfast Runs with you. Absolutely, brother. And we'll set that up. So thank you so much for having me on, man. Uh, if you Absolutely. Know, if anyone out there needs anything, let me know. Again, you can find me. My email is, at J- is jp at connectioncrew.com. Take it away, Adam. Awesome. Hey, if you enjoyed this show, please do us a big favor and leave a review in whatever podcast app you listen to or share with someone you think might enjoy this content. Thanks a lot for listening to Rock Synergy. Energy.